Hey guys, this is Mike Mahaffey, the old bastard BJJ guy, here for BJJ Mental Models. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get to the academy just to learn some crappy technique from a random purple belt. You kids have it so easy, because now you can just subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium and get tons of great audio courses to learn new techniques, enhance your mindset, and entertain yourself. You can even get personalized rolling reviews from some of your favorite BJJ Mental Models coaches, including me. It's like having your own seminar, you spoiled little whippersnappers. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to BJJ Mental Models Premium right now, get off my lawn, and go train. Welcome to BJJ Mental Models, episode 86. I'm Steve Kwan. I'm Matt Kwan. What on earth was that? Cracking a white claw. <laughs> well, I thought your microphone blew up or something. <laughs> anyway, BJJ Mental Models is your guide to a conceptual and intelligent jiu-jitsu approach. And this week, X going to give it to you. He going to give it to you. So this week, we're continuing our open guard series. We're going to talk about X guard and single leg X guard, which is actually one of my favorites. So for those who listened last week, you know that we talked about Delaheva guard and reverse Delaheva guard. Today, in part two of our open guard series, we're going to talk about both X guard and single leg X guard. Now, the thing that's interesting about Delaheva and reverse Delaheva is although the idea is similar and although the name is similar, both of those guards are actually quite different. They're completely separate and you can play them independently. Whereas with X guard and single leg X guard, they're kind of two sides to the same coin. And really to play them effectively, you've got to be able to chain them together and switch back and forth between the two of them. Mm, did did uh did Delaheva invent reverse Delaheva as well or was it just Delaheva? I don't think so. I'm not even sure if he entirely invented Delaheva. I mean, he definitely popularized and innovated it. I think someone may have done it before, but of course, he was the guy who brought it to the mainstream. Um I'm not sure, but I would assume probably he only emphasized and brought forth Delaheva guard. Yeah, I haven't really n- studied enough old school Delaheva footage to see that. So, I'm not I'm not 100% sure who did that reverse Delaheva also has the inside channel Delaheva being your leg wrapping around the outside but today we're going to talk about x guard and single x which are inside channel positions so you get right underneath your opponent to look to off balance definitely so again these are pretty advanced guards and if you're not familiar with them it's going to be really hard to help you visualize what they look like through a podcast so if you've never heard of these guards my first suggestion is pause this episode and go and do a bit of research and get it into your head as to what they actually look like because otherwise i don't know how helpful this episode is going to be for you but for those of you who are familiar with these guards which i'm assuming is probably most of you, especially those who have been training for a while, let's talk about them and how they work. Now, I remember when I started jujitsu, X guard was first kind of becoming a big thing on the scene. I think it was Marcelo Garcia who really started promoting this and bringing to everyone's attention just how effective this could be. Later on down the line, I started getting more into single leg X guard, which I actually learned from one of his students, Emily Kwok, who talks about it in the Stefan Kesting DVD. And I really like these guards because If you're a smaller person, they're incredibly effective against opponents of any size, and they work just as well in the gi or out of the gi. They're very versatile guards in that manner. Now, we talked in the last episode about Delaheva guard. Delaheva guard is an interesting one because it's kind of a space maker. The idea behind Delaheva guard is you use the Delaheva hook to keep your opponent at a distance and to eventually trip and knock them over from there. With X guard, and with single leg X guard, it's a different strategy because your goal is to get right underneath the person. And if you fail to get underneath the person, then you're going to have no success with these two guards. Yeah, I remember when I was, I think I was, I had just gotten my blue belt and primarily through my white belt journey, I did pretty much exclusively closed guard and half guard. And, um, you know, clamp based guards. My, my whole game was to like lock my opponent inside my legs and then try and work for like cross chokes and really just, just basic shitty jujitsu. Um, nothing really dynamic. Didn't really use my feet as hooks at all. 
you know, around that time, Marcelo Garcia was, you know, still competing and he, he was, he had already made his X guard and his single leg X guard super popular. And he had a book called Butterfly, I think it was called X guard and butterfly guard. Really awesome book. I still have it and I still lend it out to my students, although I'm probably going to stop because those fuckers keep damaging it. But uh, it is a great book. Highly recommend for anyone at the white or blue belt level. You know, X-Guard and single leg X-Guard are, are pretty common nowadays because people are discussing leg entanglements even at like white belt. But back then it was really new stuff, really cutting edge stuff. And I remember, I remember the first day one of my teachers was teaching X guard and like, I couldn't even get my legs into the fucking position. Like I, I was so confused by it. He kind of came by and put my feet where they needed to go. And I, and I was looking at him like, dude, this is never going to work. What are you talking about? Like my feet are going to, going to create like this X on this guy's leg and I'm underneath. First of all, how the hell am I ever going to get here? And second of all, how do I ever use this on someone effectively? And like you mentioned, you kind of need multiple guards that involve the inside channel. So if you only have X guard, but you don't understand how to use like the dick post or single leg X, or you don't understand which ways you need to off balance your opponent, it's going to be super hard to use. But nowadays I feel just with the way that teaching methodology and conceptual approaches and alignment concepts, all this stuff, it's much easier to understand X guard. So I think the instruction has definitely improved since when I learned it. Uh, But yeah, essentially X guard, you're right underneath the legs of your opponent. Both of your legs are dedicated to controlling one of their legs. And then, you know, you kind of shelf the other leg on your shoulder. And of course, this this would be considered the traditional you know, main X guard position, but just like so many things in jujitsu, there's many variations of X guard. The, the, the leg on your shoulder could go in your armpit. You know, you could pick it up off the ground. There's different types of X guards. There's reverse X, there's Delaheva X. So it's basically just the concept of making an X shape with your feet and using your shoelaces and your toes to hook your opponent's hip while you look to off balance them from underneath. And then whatever variation you're going to use from there, you learn different sweeping opportunities to get on top. There's leg entanglements, back takes, all types of stuff from X guard. So it's it's just a different way to approach jujitsu, really, where you're now using hooks to control someone's base as opposed to locking them within your legs and, and uh, closing your legs as closed wedges. Now, I'm really excited about this open guard series and especially this episode because finally 86 episodes in we're going to get to talk in depth about the dick post yeah we don't do that ever (laughs) we don't ever talk about stomping dicks yeah for those of you who have wondered you know hey it's been a while since steve and matt have really gone in deep on like the taint sweep and the dick post and stuff like that well my friend i have good news for you because we're going to talk about that a lot in this episode that is part of the strategy that you can employ when you're going for guards that are underneath your opponent which of course makes a lot of sense (laughs) now i can totally see where you're coming from here matt because x guard is one of those guards where when a lay person looks at this for the first time they're immediately going to think that would never ever work like it's kind of preposterous it seems super duper complicated but once you've done it a little bit and you get comfortable with it you start to understand just how powerful it actually is yeah the dick is right there just kick him (laughs) he doesn't have to take it he can get swept it's his choice and interestingly jujitsu as a whole is kind of like that for the lay person when they look at the concept of fighting off of your back and fighting from the guard they think it's ridiculous and it would never work in a fight but we know it does and And X-Guard definitely does work once you get good with it. Matt, I got a question. Do you think that X-Guard is applicable in an MMA situation? Have you ever seen anyone pull it off in an actual cage fight? I have. I believe Nick Diaz used it against Conor McGregor, if I'm not mistaken. And I... I think he swept him with it at the end of one uh, at the end of the round in one of their fights, or maybe it was the other way around. I think I've seen Nick Diaz use it in a fight. If you think about it, it totally makes sense. I mean, uh, you know, when I use X guard, a lot of the time it's uh, I go there from deep half guard and deep half guard. I commonly use when I'm escaping bad positions like mount or, you know, if I'm getting like kind of stuck in my half guard and I'm losing all my frames, you can use deep half guard to create movement and come up and deep half guard is quite it's quite effective for MMA because it's hard for your opponent to strike you when you're underneath them rocking their base. And if they go to strike you, then that hand cannot 
post, right? So it seems kind of crazy, but it is applicable. And if you get into an X guard, again, like I said, you know, you're, you, if you're doing it effectively, you're effectively breaking their base and it's going to be difficult for them to actually land, you know, meaningful strikes on you before you can scramble out. So I, I think it definitely has an application in MMA. You know, interesting you say that because I've always thought it must work in a real fight. Now, granted, I'm not exactly the kind of guy who goes out and gets into real fights, so I don't have much experience and I don't really watch MMA, but I haven't seen anyone pull it off in a situation like MMA. But intuitively, it does seem like X guard should work in a real fight. And the reason why is because if you do get that far under your opponent and you have one or both of their legs ensnared, first of all, they can't kick you, obviously. But second, because of the way you're off balancing them, because of the fact that you've got their legs controlled the way that you do, it would be very, very hard for them to actually generate any striking power against you. And depending on the position, you might even be able to use your hips as a frame to prevent them from getting in close enough to actually hit you. So my theory is that it probably actually would work if you could get there into a real fight. But of course, the challenge is that a guard like this requires you to get directly underneath your opponent. So if you're going to get killed somewhere, it's probably going to be on the entry trying to get in that deep. And so then the game becomes, how do you get underneath your opponent without getting clocked on the way in? And actually, there's a similar consideration in regular jujitsu as well, because a big part of trying to go for these guards where you get underneath your opponent the tricky thing is doing so in such a way that they don't snag you with a guillotine or pass your guard while you're trying to get under there. Uh, you have to somehow keep them occupied while you're trying to get underneath them so that they don't use that moment to try to strike. I think that the, you know, the X guard in MMA, the approach is pretty much exactly the same as the approach in jujitsu, which, you know, from the top person's perspective, if you're in MMA and you're trying to strike your opponent while they have a full on X guard on you, you know, you're going to be off balanced right away. And, and what's more important to land a few strikes while your opponent's on the bottom in X guard or to just maintain top position. You know, if it was me, I'd way rather just balance out the X guard and just think about how am I going to, you know, exit this, this position safely and still end up on top. Whereas if you're going for strikes, there's a good chance you're going to end up on bottom. And that would be that could be a, honestly a fight ending mistake. And in jujitsu, it, it could be a similar situation. You know, when I'm defending things like deep half guard and X guard, um, most of the time I'm not trying to really, you know, ever submit my opponent. I'm not trying to do it, do anything aside from just weather the storm and then think about how I'm going to either pass or escape the position and still end up on top. Uh, and, and, and I think they have kind of the same applications. When you add strikes, it's, it's really no different. The goal is the same from the person on the bottom, which is off balance and make your partner post on the ground. So once you do that and they have to recompose their base, that's when you're going to find opportunities to, to sweep them in different directions. Yeah. I think it is a huge mistake when you're the guy on top and your opponent is in X guard. Huge mistake to try to strike them or attack offensively from there, because not only are you in dire danger of getting swept from that position, but one of the main powers of X guard is that you have your opponent's foot wrapped up. So if you do sweep them, often you sweep them right into a footlock position. And this is one of the reasons I love those guards, especially single leg X guards so much is because if you manage to sweep the guy, usually you wind up in a standard ashy or some sort of legitimate ankle lock threat. Yeah, I definitely love from the bottom using like ankle lock positions like, you know, if you if you can if you have a type of X guard where the X guard is not on your shoulder, but it's more so in your armpit. If you sweep right away, there's a good chance you could have a bite right on that foot and then you just got to establish your your wedges to create distance and get a break on the foot. So it's it's I mean, you can sweep right into attack from there or you can just knock them down and come up with the end of the leg, which is super effective as well. So I think X guard is you know it's one of the best honestly it's one of the best guards and one of the reasons i think so is because you're using your two legs which are you know super powerful 
appendages for your body and that's going to be able to really control your opponent's far leg as you off balance them yeah the thing i like about x guard especially is that it is an attack that is solely dependent on ensnaring your opponent's legs and tripping them up the thing about a lot of other more traditional guards is they might involve having to lift your opponent up and tip them over top of you for example butterfly guard a big part of the butterfly guard game is trying to lift up your opponent and there are ways to do this efficiently but the reality is it gets progressively harder if your opponent is heavier and you're smaller to do that whereas the thing about x guard is that because you're just attacking your opponent's legs and you don't require them to load their weight up on top of you it's a very effective guard when you're giving up a lot of size it's a great way for a smaller person to even the playing field against a bigger person because once you ensnare one or both of those legs and your opponent is not able to move properly and you don't have to carry their weight it's a really powerful way to trip them or to set up other attacks and to your point matt when we're talking about open guard you mentioned that when you started jujitsu you used to do the koala strategy where you'd go to close guard and you'd basically just try to hold them there and i think everyone went through that at some point and as we talked about on the last episode at Rob's school, he doesn't even allow that at a junior level anymore because it does close your mind to learning fluid movement. One of the main differences with open guards versus closed guards is it's all about fluidity. It's about being able to adapt and change positions on the fly and make those micro adjustments based on what your opponent is doing. If you're playing closed guard, you can get away with kind of slowing the game down and being a boa constrictor and locking them up and frustrating them and preventing motion. But when you are playing an open guard, especially something like X guard, you can't really force that all the time. You know, if you're in that position and your opponent adjusts their weight in such a way that the position is no longer effective you can't just hold on tighter (laughs) to make it work like you might be tempted to do in close guard you have to switch position and that's a big part of making open guards work especially x guard because you have to know when it's time to switch in and out of x guard and a big part of that matt as you mentioned earlier most of the time it probably means you're switching between the variants of just regular x guard and single leg x guard depending on what you're opponent does you can also switch to that reverse x guard which is a very very specific way to get into things like the 411 uh and also just you know if your opponent bases their weight off of you you can just do the get up which is actually one of the easiest and probably most effective things to do from the x guard is if the guy starts trying to kind of get away just do a technical stand up and then take him down with a single leg a very very fundamental movement from x guard but also a very very effective way to get a sweep yeah, it's basically one of the first sweeps I, I teach from the X guard when we're doing that. And that's the technical stand sweep. Uh, you mentioned how, you know, X guard is a great, it's a great guard to use against a bigger opponent. And you're absolutely right. Uh, even, you know, Danaher has said in the past against a larger opponent, the best strategies are get underneath them in between their legs, you know, go to leg entanglements and go to the back, get behind them. So these are kind of like the main strategies that he recommends that his students employ against bigger opponents. And it totally makes sense. And, uh, you, you know, the thing like the X guard, it's kind of like Keenan's, you know, up, down, left, right f- philosophy on guard passing. And that's that once you're in, I mean, any open guard is kind of like this, but when you're underneath your opponent in the X guard, it, you can move them in four main positions. There are also other positions you can move them in, but, but essentially there's like four main directions you want to move them. And then you just want to have like two or three different answers for each uh for for each situation and a lot of the time going for certain sweep in these positions are going to pose different uh defenses from your opponent and then just understanding those reactions and how to properly counter those reactions that's kind of what you need to know to be successful from the x guard and again you know we mentioned how the variations from the x guard are honestly pretty endless like there's many different places you can put your feet you know many different ways you can control the the near leg near your head one of my favorite ways is the X guard, but instead of instead of the top foot being on the far hip, is that uh, that near side hip. So essentially, a dick post is one of the most effective ways that you can you can elevate a larger opponent. Just because you're so underneath them, you can essentially 
start doing like a leg press movement. And it's so hard for your opponent to stop that. Well, that's what happens when you do a leg press on someone's testicles <laughs> is it does make it very, very hard for them to maintain their standing up, right? It is a challenge. <laughs> so I guess let's talk about the dick post here. Uh, this is something that I first heard from Island Top Team, which is not surprising because you guys are a bunch of fucking deviants. <laughs> Don't associate me with them. <laughs> the general idea, like it's actually not quite as bad as it sounds, but basically you you get into kind of like a almost like a single leg X guard position, except to Matt's point, like you're kind of trying to get your foot sort of on like the person's belly button. And then basically you just do like a double leg press. It's hard to visualize better to just look this up. I'm sure Rob and Stefan probably have a video out there that you can see on it. Worst scary scenario. I'm sure it's probably on their online academy. But basically the idea is that you're trying to instead of going for like X guard and having your foot kind of like your shoelaces against their thigh, you bring that foot in and you're trying to kind of kick upwards with your foot onto their belly button. And by doing that, it lifts them up and it makes it very hard for them to keep their weight down on top of you. So this is a very important strategy for one of the common defenses against X guard and especially single leg X guard, which is that the person hunkers down on top of you and they just try to squash you, right? They get in low, they get in small, they pinch their legs. This is especially common in the gi because what a lot of guys will do is they'll just grab onto your lapel and they'll use that to pull themselves in tight on top of you. Harder to do in no gi because they don't have that lapel grip. But when someone does that, when you go for you know, single leg X guard, for example, and they try to squish you, it can be really frustrating because it kills your lifting power. It kills your ability to kind of move around. And now you feel like you're just squashed underneath them. But the dick post is a great strategy because it basically, by bringing your leg in and doing that leg press upwards, if the person insists on putting all their weight on top of you, it's a great way to send them for a ride. Yeah, absolutely. And being underneath them, you're just in such a prime position to do that leg press movement. Again, hip positioning is really important for X guard. Like if you're not directly under your opponent's center of gravity, then you're not really in X guard. Uh, it's important to understand how to get into that position. And I mean, the dick post is one of my favorite variations of X guard. You see it a lot now uh, in jujitsu. And again, it's like it's like that dilemma, right? It's either you either get your dick stomped or you get swept. <laughs> and it's not really it's not really a fun trade off once your opponent gets in there, especially if you like if you ever have been defending X guard against someone who's like super long and lanky. Just because their legs are so long, it's like it's really difficult to stop. And I find being like a shorter guy and going against a lot of bigger guys at my school, it's just natural. I have so much room once I'm under there to start stomping their genitals. So it's and and to be to be fair, like the dick stomp is it's slightly different. Like I, I the way I play it is I'm actually stomping, I guess, their belt. If I was going to be more accurate where I'm going, um, like I'm wrapping my big toes around their near side thigh and I'm I'm putting the sole of my foot into their belt. But, you know. I will stomp the dick as well. And another variation of X-Guard, I don't know if you've seen this one, Steve, it might be a little bit difficult to explain on a podcast, but essentially like instead of actually creating an X on the far hip, what I like to do, I, I don't even know if there's a, a name for this guard. Um, one of my buddies, Clint Cooper, uses this a lot too. He's also a very small hobbit-like human being, but it's, it's like, you know, instead of creating an X, your legs are actually pretty much completely to the side and one of your your rear leg, the sh your shin and your shoelaces is behind the guy's knee. And then the front leg is actually just stomping the knee in front. So you have like this weird, it's almost like a closed circuit, but not quite. You're, so the, the front of your foot is hooking the back of their knee. Your front foot sole is stomping the front of their knee. So you do have like wedges on both sides of their legs and actually really hard to escape, but your knees are facing to the side rather than upwards, like in an X guard. Do you know the position I'm talking about? I haven't heard it exactly, but I do things like that quite a bit where rather than having me, my feet in the traditional X, I'll be on my side and I'll be basically using the bottom of my feet, the, the sole of my feet to kind of either kick away or check their leg, usually lower down so that they can't actually grab me or do anything with it. But yeah, that's something I've done before. Mm -hmm. And I find, I, I don't know, I, I, I think just for me having like 
such shorter legs. I find this for whatever reason, it just feels more comfortable for me than like the standard X guard. So as much as I, I really used to use X guard a lot throughout uh, the end of my blue belt and my purple belt career, I was able to get into X like at will, like against anyone locally, anyone in the gym, I just got into X guard whenever I want. But then now people are getting so good at shutting down the inside channel, I think just because of the the evolution of leg locks and everything that's coming out now where everyone's funneling to the inside position. I'm finding it a little bit more difficult to just get into standard X uh, the way I used to. And I used to do essentially the the way that Marcelo ta- teaches it in that book is like uh, the shin to shin guard that you've you've talked about so much. The thing about the shin to shin guard is like, yeah, you can use it, but then your hands can't really hand fight their hands. And so if you go into that guard, a lot of the time their hands are kind of free to defend, which I don't really like. But I love getting into X guard from from open guard grips. Like even if I have like a Delaheva, you know, you can pummel your leg to the inside and go into the, the X guard from reverse Delaheva. I have a nice X guard entry that I really like. And yeah, even just from like a classic spider guard, uh, a lot of people go into X guard by keeping one foot on the sleeve and then the other foot goes into the into onto the ground and then you can like stomp the ground to pull your opponent right over top of you. Like at first, if you don't have the confidence to do these entries, then it feels like it feels basically like you're pulling mount. But, um, you know, the more you do it, the more you understand, as long as you keep your knee close to your chest, it's very difficult for them to to defeat that frame and actually go to mount. And it's it's actually quite reliable to get into X guard. So um, there's many different ways to do it. Yeah, that was a mental block I had to get past when it came to starting using X guard and single leg X guard and even shin to shin guard, which was just that it felt like I was basically getting killed going into those positions, right? You're sitting on the ground, your opponent is standing up and you've got to find a way to close the distance and get underneath them. And that seems like a really intimidating thing. It seems like a really committed technique, which it is, which it is. But in reality, it can be done safely. And if you're good at these different guards, then you can kind of fluidly transition from one to the other. So it's not just a matter of you go in, you try this, And if it fails, you get killed. But what you can actually do is start transitioning in between them so that if you try your entry and it doesn't work, then you pivot off and switch to a different guard. So the thing that's interesting about these go under the guy guards is normally you don't want to just have one of these tools in your toolbox. You need to have a variety of them and be able to chain them together. Because if your opponent does zig when you want him to zag, then it makes it very, very challenging for you to continue to insist on the strategy you want. And that's one of the interesting things about X guard is that, or actually really any open guard, is that you can't just force your opponent to do what you want because they do still have some mobility. You have to be able to reactively adjust your strategy based on what they're doing. So understanding predictable responses is absolutely critical to any type of open guard. Any type of jujitsu, really. I mean, that is that is really jujitsu in a nutshell. Yes, but I would say for X guard, it's especially important because it's a committed technique, right? If you try to like dive for X guard and you don't understand the predictable responses and have a reaction to those and you just get smashed on the bottom, you're dead, right? Whereas if you're in closed guard, for example, and you just want to muscle and hold the guy down there, well, you can still encounter a modicum of success without really having that forethought about what the guy's going to do. If you're going to go for these under guards and you're going to play open guards like X guard, single leg X guard, it's critical that you know the predictable responses and be able to pivot from one guard to another. And I like the way that you brought up Keenan's explanation where he was talking about kind of like a, a directional pad on a, on a video game controller, right? There's, yeah. You can always go in different directions, like up, down, left, right. And for X guard, it's a common mistake where people will try to insist on a sweep when they just can't do it. You know, maybe your preferred X guard sweep is to tip the guy over backwards, but his weight is forwards. Well, you're not going to get the one that you want. (laughs) You know, you have to be able to look past the move you want to do and understand what the best move to do is in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in X guard, that's especially crucial because your opponent is still on their feet. They can still move around. So if your opponent leans forward, that 
backward sweep where you tip the guy over backward, it's out of the door. You can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. If your opponent is trying to run away from you, then that's when you probably want to do the technical stand up and convert to a single leg, right? You don't want to insist on a strategy when the opening isn't there. You don't want to get too myopic about it because if you're trying to force that, that's probably where you're going to wind up in the situation where you're just getting crushed every time you go to these guards. Yeah, Rob Bernanke talks about, you know, center of gravity and momentum as one of his main uh, one of his main principles when it, when you're talking about moving your opponent from the open guard. And it's it really helps you understand what you need to do. And essentially, it's what you just described. You know, if your opponent is basing forward on their hands and they're on all fours, well, there's no way that you can knock them backward because they're just they're so overcompensating with their base that that's it's just not the right time to sweep them backwards now if you do that and they're basing on all fours and then they start to posture up like they're bringing their weight back you need to understand that their momentum is now working backwards and so a sweep to the backward uh to the back direction is is now available so uh, you know it's kind of kind of monitoring your opponent's base watching the way that their spine is moving you know is it moving in a backwards direction a forwards direction uh understanding how to make them post and which direction you want them to go this all this all adds up to making a well a successful open guard in general. Uh, it's a it's a concept we're going to keep talking about in this series, but especially X guard when you're right underneath your opponent. Um, and I do want to mention, uh, you know, obviously Marcelo Garcia is kind of the X guard master. Um, you know, you can see him use it a lot during his ADCC run in the 2000s. But he also he also has a student. I've actually fought him, Jonathan Satava, who's a black belt. I fought him at the West Coast Trials. I believe in 2017, I want to say, and I think he got bronze that year. And he's uh, he's got a fantastic X guard. He's got an instructional on X guard. I'd highly recommend it. He's a beast. Guys coming up under Marcelo, obviously, are fantastic butterfly guard X guard players. So a lot of the alliance lineage has great X guard. Uh, skill running through it. Yeah, you would expect as much coming from the master. And to your points, like I said earlier, I learned a lot about X-Guard actually from Emily Kwok's instructional, who, surprise, surprise, is also under Marcelo. Interestingly, Josh Waitskin, the author of The Art of Learning, who we've talked about repeatedly on this book, also a black belt under Marcelo. So there's a lot of really, really cool lineage there. And you can see how his game has influenced the students underneath them because they've all taken and further developed and taught these techniques that he was kind of seen as one of the main innovators behind. So yeah, I think with X-Guard, if you were to kind of walk through some of the common predictable responses, Matt, like you go for X-Guard, what's going to happen? There's a few things and like, let's think about that D-pad, right? If your opponent kind of either postures straight up or they try to move backwards, probably you want to do the variant where you tip them over backwards. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if they lean forwards, you want to try to take them forward. Um, You could load them up on top of yourself and sweep them over. You could even just get up. There's a lot of variants. If they try to walk away from you, that's when you probably want to do the technical stand up and then switch to a single leg. But what's interesting is when they come towards you, and this is Probably one of the better ways to deal with getting stuck in someone's X guard is you try to get small and you get in close to them and kind of squish them and get compact. And then from there, you pummel your legs to get free. And if the person on top does that, they're probably going to wind up passing your guard. And it can be a very frustrating, demoralizing experience, especially in the gi, because you go for this X guard and then you get stuck like underneath this person who's trying to squish you. To me, like I said earlier, that's when the dick post is really powerful because (laughs) hard to stop. (laughs) Yeah. If the person comes in close to you, it raises the possibility of then lifting and elevating them up. But something that I did not realize for a long time, and I now understand how crucial this is for X guard. If you can grab that far leg with your hand, always do it. (laughs) So if your opponent is coming in towards you and they're trying to get small and crunch on top of you, that means they're going to have to bring their other leg in close enough for your hand to grab. And you always want to go for that if you can, because if you can tie up one of the legs with one of your hands and you can cup or grab the other leg, then when you start wobbling your opponent, they have nowhere to go. Are you talking about like an ankle grip? Yes. And that's where the dick post is so powerful, because if you're grabbing both of their legs and then you do a leg press, 
they're going to fall over and they can't stop themselves from doing that. So whenever you're playing X guard or single leg X guard, if you can grab that other foot, go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, anytime you're underneath your opponent and you can grab double ankles, that's one of the, that's one of the easiest ways to sweep someone. Now getting them to give you that ankle is kind of another story. It's not, it's not always easy to achieve, but that I, I actually find it easier in single leg X to get than X guard itself. But definitely it is a, a fantastic way to, to sweep someone. And I agree that when you're on top trying to defend X guard, one of my favorite strategies is to make the leg that's shelved on the shoulder. I want to make that leg heavy because if I if I don't make that leg heavy and I put make my other leg heavy, then it's going to be super easy for my opponent to do a technical stand sweep. So and they and they definitely will go for that sweep, you know, that is kind of one of the marquee sweeps from that position so basing out there and kind of untangling the position usually i i like to the the foot that is in front of my hip is the one that i try to control but a lot of the time when you're an x guard against a good opponent it's going to be difficult you know to get out of there so i think one of the better things to do is like kind of as you're getting swept you want to scramble out of there and try and free your legs so that you can you can actually base on that leg and get back to the top and hopefully if you do get knocked over you just leave getting an advantage scored on you rather than a full two's points yeah it feels really awkward being on top when your opponent is an x guard especially if they're good at it like it feels really really helpless and i would say that once it's established x guard is probably one of the hardest guards to deny like if you were to put me in Delaheva guard for example there's a good chance i can fight out of it if you were to put me in butterfly guard good chance i can fight out of it but if you get into x guard once you're in there there's a very very high chance that you're going to get the sweep like it can be hard to get in and get under your opponent but once you succeed it's so strong as a way to off balance your opponent that it is going to be very hard as the guy on top to get out of there with a positive result and to your point as the guy on the bottom it can be hard to get your opponent to bring that foot within range where you can grab it but that's where predictable responses come into play and that's where the knowledge of how to switch between these guards comes into play right like for example if my opponent is kind of stretched out if i have the room i'll often switch from x guard to single leg x guard as a smaller guy i really like single leg x guard what's one of the common ways that people then deal with single leg x guard they bring that other foot in because if they don't it's very likely that they're going to get swept so once you start wobbling the person from single leg x guard when that other foot comes into range that's when you grab it because to your point it can be very hard to get that other foot from regular x guard but if you transition from x guard through to single leg x guard then that foot becomes much easier to grab with your free hand mm-hmm yeah. And, and, uh, one of the easiest ways, like if you're an X guard or single leg X guard to gain control of the free leg is simply by elevating your opponent, bringing their weight over top of your chest. If that, if you can do that, then they can't really resist bringing you the rear leg. And then from that position, you have such easy ways to control the sweep. And once you sweep, often you sweep with double leg control. So coming up for your two is super easy. You could also enter into leg locks, although if it's IBJJF, why would you bother? Good chance, you know, your efforts would be better spent coming up on a sweep. Uh, I just wanted to talk about reverse X for a, for a moment because, um, you know, this sweep is, you, it is a sweep, but it's also a, a entry into the 411. You know, it's been around now for a few years. Uh, I can remember when I first learned this sweep, I was like, holy fuck, this is amazing. Like I can enter into the 411 from the bottom. Like, why didn't I think of this before? And now it's, you know, it's one of my go-to sweeps and uh, it works on guys so well if they've never seen it before. It's one of the most effective sweeps on guys that have never used it or aren't used to the inside position uh, sweeps. And uh, just just a real quick thing, you know, if people out there are using it and they're finding it's not working, there's a good chance that it's not working because you're not making your opponent put their hands on the floor. So I, in my experience playing with X guard and reverse X guard and the, and the main difference from the positions are just switching top leg to bottom leg and bottom leg to top leg. So in a classic X, you know, it's going to be hard to describe on a podcast, but essentially my, one of my feet is the shoelaces is behind the knee. The other, the other foot, the shoelaces is in front of the hip. Whereas when it's a reverse X guard, it's going to be 
one of your shoelaces is on the is on the hip and the other shoelaces is in the butt crack. So it's it's literally this, you know, it's an X, but it's just it's the other foot on top of the other. So what I've noticed is like if your opponent is completely posturing up, you know, and you haven't put their hands on the ground, classic X guard is very effective. You can use it. You can transition to and from different positions. You can off balance. But if you're, if you try to transition to a reverse X without breaking your opponent's balance first, then a lot of the times you get stuffed. And this is quite obvious. As soon as you go into you, into the position, you feel it. So I believe the correct way to apply reverse X so that you can get your your saddle entries and your sweeps is by first knocking your opponent forward over top of your head and making them post their hands on the mat. Once that happens, it's very easy to now go to reverse X and elevate them into that 411 position. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing, but I'm not sure I can say it better than you did. A common problem that people have with reverse X, and admittedly, I am not the greatest at this position, but the common issue that people often have is their opponent will just really easily disentangle their legs or they'll say my legs are too short and I'm not able to pull in that other person's leg and go to the 411 and the challenge really the thing they're doing wrong most of the time is they're not forcing their opponent to lean forward the thing about reverse x that is very different from regular x is reverse x is really only greatly effective when your opponent is leaning forward it's actually quite easy to disentangle if the person is postured straight up so it is in your best interests if you want to play that game to get them to lean forward before you switch into reverse X. And to your point, Matt, when you're underneath the guy, one of the great advantages to that position is that you can pull the person forward. You can force them to move off balance. And if you're not able to do that, if you're finding that you're just not able to pull the person forward, which is such a key part of that game, what that probably means is that you're not actually underneath them. You're probably somewhat in front of them. And that's wrong. If you're going to play the these guards, you don't want to be in front of the person. You want to make sure you're right underneath them. If you are, you're going to find it a lot easier to Kazushi the guy by pulling him up and pulling him on top of you and in front of you. Yeah. And my experience, actually a very interesting concept. I think I saw Jonathan Satava show was, you know, like we've mentioned when you're in the X guard, it's important to be right underneath your opponent's hips. But once you learn how to play the position, you can actually move, um, you can move your hips in front of their hips and you can move it behind their hips as well. And an interesting, ha- interesting thing happens when you do that. Once you're an X guard, you know, tr- try this next time you're in the gym. If you have the X guard, try scooting your hips out in front. You'll notice what happens is it actually shuffles their weight to the rear. And if you also shift your weight behind them, so in between their legs and you move your hips now uh, between their legs behind them, a lot of the time it actually forces them to put their hands on the mat. So that was something that I actually learned maybe a year ago by watching Jonathan Satava's videos. And it was like, oh, I can actually manipulate someone's uh, base and their center of gravity by mo- like, not just by extending my legs and whatever, but like by shifting my hips side to side in the X guard. It's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, definitely. Actually, it never occurred to me to do that, but you're right. One of the benefits to being underneath the guy is it's a super dominant angle, right? There's not a lot that the guy can do to really attack you when you're right underneath his legs and you've got them tied up. But if you just move your butt around the mat, if you move back behind the guy, then by definition, his center of gravity is in front of you. And that's going to make it a lot easier to get into things like reverse X guard or to do the kind of sweeps where you want your opponent to be leaning forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you look at what an X guard is, or even that, uh, that mod- modified X guard that I referred to again, I gotta, I gotta find a name for this guard because I've, I, I don't want to be like, Oh, I named this guard because I'm just, I don't, I, I don't think that this is something that people haven't done already. I just don't know the name of it, but essentially, you know, any application of X guard is going to involve wedges on both sides of their far leg. And if you can do that, then, you know, you kind of chamber that far leg and you deny them the, the ability to escape it. And that's what makes it so powerful. That's what makes it difficult to step out of. Right. And then once you extend their legs open and create distance between their knees, 
knees uh, and start to rock them, you know, up, down, left, right, that's when you're going to get them to have to post their hands on the mat. And once this happens, it's it's time to either sweep or to transition to something else, you know, and there's there's many things like one thing I love to do from the X guard throughout my brown belt years. I was a huge crab ride Barambolo guy. Love crab ride. I, I tend to to be a little bit more basic nowadays with my jujitsu. It's funny as I as I advance in jujitsu, my game becomes more basic, which is very interesting. But I, you know, before I, I would love to go, I'd be like, okay, how am I going to get to crab ride now? Like there's so many different situations. How am I going to do it? And one of the best ways I still use this technique is being in the classic X guard, extending my legs away so that my opponent's weight goes on his far leg, making his near leg light. And then you can essentially just two hand that leg, pick it up and pass it to the other side of your body. And what this does is it puts you in this position where it's very easy easy to get leg drags if you knock your opponent off. If you knock your opponent down on onto their back, you're essentially landing in a leg drag. So very easy to come up in a leg drag from this position. And another situation of course would be the crab ride where I'm going to take my my leg out from behind their knee and essentially bring it to their other knee and now I'm going to be in a crab position. Now I'm just going to look to either bring them to their back and I'm in I'm already in the crab ride or if they if they refuse to go there because they they overcompensate their weight forward I'm going to try and come up and essentially attack a turtled opponent. So it's, you know, just by lifting up your opponent's near leg in the X guard, man, you can transition to the back and to leg drags really effectively. Yeah, yeah. It is a super powerful, super versatile series of guards. And I guess if there's a few takeaways here that I would give to people who are interested in developing this area of their game, it is not to do just one of these in isolation. You need to be able to chain them together. You need to be able to go from X to single leg X to reverse X. Like there's a lot of variation there and you've got to have answers to whatever your opponent does. So that's really a a key takeaway. Now, Matt, one other thing I want to ask you about, we've mentioned already that one of the challenges to these underguards is that you've got to get right underneath your opponent and once you're there these guards are extremely hard to stop but the process of getting in there is where you're kind of going across the killing fields right you yeah. know that, that when you're especially if you're playing like a like a seated guard you know you're sitting down you're engaging with your opponent a lot can go wrong mm-hmm. in that process of trying to get underneath your opponent so you start off you're maybe a few feet away from your opponent you got to close the distance you got to get under them all without getting passed or submitted. What strategies do you like to employ to get underneath your opponent safely to set up these guards? Well, um, you know, the great thing about the X guard is you can get there almost under any primary gripping uh, schemes from the open guard. So whether it's collar sleeve, collar ankle or double sleeve, um, you, you can use all of these scenarios to get into the X guard. It's just a, it's just a matter of how you do it. But you know, the, the concepts kind of remain the same. You need to break their balance and you need to get the inside position. I always make sure that when I'm entering into something like an X guard or even a single leg X, like I'm pulling myself underneath, very important that one of your knees stays glued to your chest and your and uh, something that, you know, I've been watching Gordon's open guard instructional again, like this guy should be fucking paying me the, the amount that I puff this guy off. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm mentioning Gordon Ryan almost every episode now, but it's just because I, I value his instruction so much. He's talking about keeping his back round and keeping his shoulders concave. And if you can do this, then it's super easy to get. It's really easy to get underneath your opponent and get into these leg entanglement positions without using much effort. And and the reason he's able to do this is because the position he keeps his spine in his shoulders taking like imagine you have a like a collar sleeve position. Uh, If you if you use that collar to pull your opponent on top of you and you have the inside, let's say you put your legs inside, you just, all you got to do is keep one of your knees close to your chest so that that your opponent can't immediately mount you. And as you pull them over top of you, you essentially just enter the X. Like your opponent will have to step over top of you to recompose their base. And then from there, you just get your feet in the proper position. So this is like, you know, one of the one of the most effective ways to get in, of course, if you have uh, like a spider guard, the way that I would recommend doing this from spider guard in order to get underneath your opponent is having one foot on the sleeve as a main frame. 
And what that'll do is it'll basically act like your shin, you know, preventing your opponent from mounting you. You're in spider guard, you have one foot on the sleeve, and then the other foot just goes on the ground right underneath their legs. And then you just basically sit up and stomp that foot underneath underneath their legs and just pull hard over top of your head. And what it does is it pulls your opponent towards you, they have to post, and then from there you're right in a prime position to create that X on their legs, you know. Even in a position like reverse De La Hiva, there's a really awesome entry that you can do from there where you just pull your knees to your chest and the free leg that's not entangled essentially just comes right to your head and you just hook it with your hand and you're right in the X guard. So I, I'd love to do a, uh, I'd love to do a workshop on X guard. There's so much material to cover. And again, I apologize to our listeners. Like if you're not, a, if you're not aware of X guard and all these things, it pr- you're probably lost by now as we describe these positions, but I highly recommend that you start thinking about uh, integrating X guard and single leg X guard into your game. It's just such a, it's such an effective way to use your 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 legs and uh, such an effective way to get underneath large opponents. Yeah. If X has not given it to you yet, then <laughs> you definitely should get that Marcelo Garcia book. I mean, that's kind of where I think we were all initially introduced to it. Like I said, uh, Emily Kwok in her Bigger, Stronger Opponent DVD that she did with casting, she also talks about this a lot. Um, pretty much most of the Garcia guys are going to be able, and girls, are going to be able to educate you on how this stuff works. Matt, if I understand correctly what you were saying, it sounds like basically you're talking almost about coiling up your limbs so that when you go under your opponent your opponent doesn't have the ability to basically take side control or go to mount Mm. right if you're saying if you keep yourself small and you don't allow your opponent to put a wedge on your stomach then by definition they can't pass your guard right if you keep your elbows in tight if you keep your knees in tight Mm -hmm. then when you try to go under your opponent if things go pear-shaped then at least they can't set up a guard pass because you can't pass someone's guard unless you can get a wedge between their their arms and their legs right that's how you do it so by keeping that place small you're like a little beach ball rolling around underneath them that they can never really settle on exactly and and always having that frame is super important otherwise you're basically just going to pass your own guard which would be extremely embarrassing but yeah you know there there is also a great thing about that marcello book is he differentiates the use of butterfly guard and X guard and single leg X guard between gi and no gi. And uh, there's so many more available options for X guard in the gi because there is things like sleeve grips and even lapel grips. You know, you can you can totally reinforce your X guard with the grip of a lapel and, uh, you know, actually start breaking your opponent's posture then. And a lot of the times if you sweep them, you end up in sweet situations like double under positions with these lapel grips. So imagine you're an X guard and your opponent tries to untangle your legs you know they have to reach for your feet so sometimes what this does is it puts their their sleeves within gripping range and then from here if you can if you can grab your opponent's sleeve you know then then essentially from there you know that they cannot post in that direction anymore so there's so many x guard sweeps in the gi that you can do that you can't do in no gi because you can gain control of their arm by proxy and if you do gain control of that arm uh, by way of their sleeve then there's just no way that they can post so now once you get that grip it becomes a matter of off balancing them enough and funneling them into that position where they can't post and then from there you can get tons of sweeps where you can come up with an ankle and a sleeve and it's super effective yeah i would also add that when it comes to getting into the safe zone with x guard when it comes to how you get underneath the guy so that you can do the attack sequences here without worrying about getting submitted or passed on the way in one of the things that i would suggest is deal with the hand that is in front of you before you go into X guard. So when you're seated on the ground and your opponent is standing and you want to go underneath them to go into X guard, rather than just diving under there, make sure that you're occupying your opponent's hand because that grip is going to be what allows them to set up chokes, to set up passes. If you have a grip on that hand, it makes it a lot easier to enter into seated guards or single leg 
AX guard or X guard more safely. Matt, I know that one of the things you like to do when you're seated is you like to try to arm drag the guy who's standing. I've never been super good at that, but what I like to do is I'll grab and occupy that hand. And while I have the grip on my opponent's hand, rather than trying to arm drag them and off balance them there, I'll use the fact that I've cleared a safe entry into the X guard to get in underneath them. So when I'm hand fighting, as soon as I get my opponent's hand, I know then that it's safe to dive in underneath them. Are you talking about when they're on their knees? No, no, no. When when they're standing, when they're standing. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree with that. Like there's so many ways to get in, but, but essentially I think what you just described is addressing their hands as you get in rather than just like the shin on shin entry where you just like dive inside. That used to work for me all the time, but now I'm a little bit hesitant to get that close to my opponent without controlling their hands because it just gives them so many passing options and chokes and you know, they can control levers and stuff like that. Like nowadays, I definitely grip fight a lot more just by default, whether it's gi or no gi. And then I feel just so much safer when I enter into those positions. Yeah. If you're getting choked out or you're getting passed a lot while you're trying to enter shin on shin guard or X guard or single leg X guard, it's probably because you're not doing sufficient hand fighting on the way in. Because if your opponent's hands are free, then that opens up the ability to do a lot of those techniques while you're trying to get into position. So if you want to get in there safely, critical, absolutely critical that you prevent your opponent's hand from being free and from being able to attack you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do a, I should do a workshop pretty quick. I think, I think our patrons deserve that. Yeah, it would be great to do that for the patrons. If you guys are interested in that or on any other topic, do let us know. The Patreon is there to give you guys a voice and a feedback mechanism so that you can influence the direction of this product. So if there's anything you want us to cover, then please do let us know. But I think that an X-Guard seminar would be a really, really awesome idea. So... Just to recap, the mental models we talked about on the show, we talked about committed techniques. X-Guard and single-leg X-Guard are super committed techniques. And by that, we mean that if things go wrong, they can go badly wrong. So you've got to make sure that when you're going into these techniques that you know what can go wrong and you plan around that, which is something that we talked about on this episode. We talked about predictable responses. When you're attacking an open guard, you can't always force your opponent into the position that you want them to be in. You have to be somewhat reactive to what they do. So a big part of being effective in these guards is knowing the predictable responses, the things your opponent is likely going to do, and being able to answer those questions with a new attack that you can use to just chain together. We talked about myopia. This is where you have something in your mind, a technique you want to do, and you try to insist on it, even when the opportunity is there no longer. Very common problem in in open guard because as mentioned earlier open guards are very dynamic and fluid and a lot of the time you can't force something to happen you have to react to the energy that your opponent gives you so it's a bad idea to get tunnel vision and get so focused on doing one thing that you're not even paying attention to the other opportunities that are in front of you We talked about center of gravity. So when you are underneath your opponent and you're trying to tip them in a given direction, you need to go with the center of gravity and not against it. If your opponent is leaning forward, it's just not productive to try to sweep them backward. So a big part of playing these types of guards where you're trying to off balance and knock your opponent over is understanding where their center of gravity is and responding accordingly. We talked about double trouble, the idea that if you want to attack and control one limb, sometimes it really requires you to actually control the other limb as well, because that's how you prevent your opponent from rotating and spinning out. So in the context of X guard and especially single leg X guard, this means that yes, you're attacking and grabbing onto one of your opponent's legs, but if the other leg comes into range, you definitely want to grab that with your hand as well. We talked about technique chaining, which is the idea of chaining together techniques because a collection and a series of techniques are more successful than techniques done in isolation. Again, very important when you're playing open guard because things are so fluid. We talked about Kazushi. With open guard, it's absolutely critical that you get underneath your opponent, and one of the ways to do that is to get Kazushi and pull them on top of you. We talked about dominant angles. X guard is a super example of this because if you're right underneath your opponent, there's really no effective way for them to attack you. 
Uh, we talked about inside channel control. Again, a great example here is X guard because you are directly under your opponent and you're trying to set up the situation where you have that inside channel between their legs. And finally, we talked about limb coiling, which is where you keep your elbows and your knees tucked in tight to your body. It's important to do this if you're going for a technique like X guard because when you go under your opponent, if you leave that gap open so that your opponent has access to your stomach, then they can just plunk something there. <laughs> like they can put their knee there. They can put their body weight there. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how you pass. So if you keep that gap closed, then even if things go south, at least your opponent can't get a pass on you or go to mount and you can just transition and keep attacking from that bottom position. Right on. Cool. I think that was a really good chat. Now, of course, again, this is something that is hard to visualize. So this episode is very much intended for people already familiar with these guards. I do recommend looking at a resource that has a visual component if you want to actually experience these for the first time. And like Matt said, it would probably be a good idea for us at some point to do something about X guard on the Discord or on the Patreon just so that you guys can visually see what we're talking about here. For sure. And uh, yeah, there's so much X guard material out there right now. It's not like 2006 ADCC where Marcelo Garcia just like nobody had an idea of what he was doing now it's such a common guard a lot of resources on the on the X guard again I'd recommend Marcelo Garcia uh, Jonathan Satava yeah and that Marcelo Garcia book is so awesome nowadays I think not so many jujitsu books are made just because there is so many instructionals out there but this book is pretty game-changing it's got like I said gi versus no gi uh, it differentiates the two styles, plus it has like multiple angles. And, you know, for me, reading books and looking at the text and looking at the different angles of the positions, something about it just helps me learn. I don't know. It's it's different from instructional. So definitely, definitely check it out. Although that book going to warn you, it's fucking expensive. <laughs> I don't think they, I don't know if they make that anymore. Well, there might be a digital version or something. I don't know. But yeah, it is interesting how after all of this time, X has given it to everybody. Everyone knows X guard at this point. It's one of those things where when these new guards get introduced, a lot of the time they're effective at first and because they're new and they're novel and people haven't had time to process them and develop defenses. But then often once people start to get familiar with these sequences, and these strategies, they become less effective over time. And some of these things kind of eventually just evaporate like fads. But X guard is one of those things where after all of this time, like you said, it is still incredibly effective. And there's some things that X guard does exceptionally well, particularly dealing with larger opponents is something that I really recommend that everyone add to their game. Right on, right on. X going to give it to you. And he did. Actually, Matt, I got a question for you. Do you want a question? No, I'm done for the night. No, yeah, I do want to. I do want a question, of course. Well, actually, that's fine because this is a question for me. Okay. Hello from a province over. You've mentioned on Reddit and your podcast a few times that you're a fan of using the turtle. I know you already hate this question, Matt. <laughs> using the turtle. <laughs> so I was wondering if I could pick your brain about the position. Since we just got back to the gym a few weeks ago, I've been trying to focus almost exclusively on defense, and a big part of that has been the turtle. What sweeps chain together well from turtle? Every turtle sweep I've been trying so far either works or takes me out of turtle and into a worse position that I need to recover from. I haven't seen a lot about how to combo together. Do you, do you consider a sweep an actual sweep? Are you, do you actually consider the points or are you just trying to get on top? I think what this person means is just trying to get on top. So to clarify, turtle is not actually classified as a guard. So that means that if you wind up on top, you're not going to get your two points. But of course, if you're playing from turtle, you still want to advance to a better position. I, I also think that that rule is pretty stupid, honestly. Like if you're on the bottom and you wrestle your way up from turtle, like, I mean, I think it should be worth something. Uh, in ADCC, it is worth something. And, uh, and I don't really agree with that rule. I agree. I think that's the case from any position. If you're on bottom side control and you're able to reverse and wind up on top, I think you should get sweeping points. But anyway, yep. so to answer this person's question, the one thing I would say about turtle first and foremost is I would not suggest this as a plan A position, meaning that although I admittedly do this a lot, mostly for fun, I would not suggest that you slap hands, bump fists, and then pull turtle right away. <laughs> like it, it would not be the first place that I would go to. But that said, you might wind up there, right? In a fight, 
it's very likely you're going to wind up in turtle. And the thing about turtle is that it gives you options other than having your guard passed. Sometimes you're in the process of having your guard passed and regarding is no longer an option, but you can go the other way and you can turtle. And if you're comfortable in that position, it might be easier for you to do that and then to regard versus just attempting to regard while your opponent has already kind of passed. So again, just as a caveat there, I don't encourage turtle as a plan A when it comes to how you want to play jujitsu, but it's a very powerful recovery tool because if things aren't going the way that you want, you can always pull turtle and then I guess you're not really pulling turtle. You can always go to turtle and then from there you can reset back to guard or even back to your feet. There's a lot of options from turtle. Pull turtle. Fuck. <laughs> We're supposed to be helping people build good jujitsu on this podcast. I would say that in terms of turtle, the thing that I do kind of differently from a lot of other people, if you look at guys like Telus for example, the way that a lot of people talk about turtle, they kind of assume that you're going to give up the seatbelt to your opponent. So like a lot of Telus's guard, um, you know, the Telus guard, which again, whether you call that a guard or not is debatable, where you're basically like giving up turtle. It requires you to give your opponent a back seatbelt on you. And then you try to fight out from there. I don't like giving up the seatbelt when my opponent is on top of me and I'm in turtle because that's the most important thing to taking my back. If they can get their chest glued to my back, there's a very, very good chance that they're going to get to my back. Oh yeah, you're fucked, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So rather than going into this Telus game where the guy seatbelts me and then I try to sweep him or roll him over from there, I don't even let him do that. If I go to turtle, I want to keep my elbows in tight and not let him get a seatbelt on me or a hook on me because I know bad things are going to happen. What I do if I'm playing turtle is I hand fight. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to deal with turtle is if you get forced into turtle, immediately get a two-on-one grip on the hand that's near you. Because if you leave that hand unchecked, it's going to be bad news. There's going to be a seatbelt. There's going to be a choke. So get a two-on-one grip on that hand and keep your elbows pinched in tight so your opponent can't get a seat belt or get the hook. That's the most important thing because if you've got a two-on-one grip, then you can check your opponent, you can follow them. And the thing about turtle is rather than trying to sweep from turtle, it can, like it can be done. You can wind up on top from turtle, mm-hmm. but if you want an easier thing to do, probably a lot easier to just sit back into guard or just use the fact that you're grabbing your opponent's hand to push them away and then just get up to your knees and then maybe even like stand up or go to a more neutral position. Um, trying to sweep from turtle, it can be done, but it would not be my plan A. A lot of the ways that you do that fall into that whole Telus strategy where basically you're letting the guy's seatbelt on top of you. And to Matt's point, if you're playing competitively, there's no points for sweeping from that position. So your best bet when you get to turtle is to reset. For sure. So when you get to turtle, now that you know how to use it, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, the main way to use turtle effectively is in and out. Like you, you use it as a reset where your opponent is about to pass your guard. They're about to do something bad. You turtle and then you reset back to guard or you reset back to a neutral position where you're both on your knees. So that's the kind of position where turtle is something that you would realistically use. If you want to play turtle aggressively, like to actually try to take top position, It can be done. I do it, but it's hard to do. It's probably not the most effective way to get on top. And perhaps most importantly, under IBJJF, you're not going to get points for doing that anyway. Yep, right on. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. As always, this podcast is supported by our patrons. If you want to help us out and you want to give back to what we do, the Patreon is absolutely the best way to do it. It's the single most valuable thing that you can do to help keep the lights on here. Uh, We're trying to make this as valuable as we can for our patrons. We're always giving out more content there. It is a tool that creates a direct line as well between our supporters and us. So we've got a Discord going for our patrons where you can can chat with us, ask any questions. We're happy to help you build a strategy, troubleshoot your game. And like I said earlier, the Patreon is there as a feedback mechanism. So if there's anything that you guys want from us, if there's anything that you think could make the show better, our patrons get first dibs on that. So if there's something you specifically want to see, do catch us on Patreon, send us a message, give us your support, uh, and we'd be happy to build a two-way relationship with you. Guys, really appreciate the support. It motivates us. Help us help you donate to the show going on Patreon and uh, we'll try and give you the best content we can. And uh, yeah, it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for listening.
If you want to learn more about our concepts, you can go to bjjmentalmodels.com. The website is where we have our database of mental models, actually in the process of updating it right now. And it's also where you can join our mailing list, where we send out additional stuff once a week. You can also go to bjjmentalmodels.com slash store, which is where you can pick up our gi patches, t-shirts, and hoodies. You can go to bjjmentalmodels.com slash join. That's specifically where you can go if you want to get on the mailing list. And you can also check us out on Facebook and on Instagram. Matt, I think that was awesome. I'm going to call it a day. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Stay out of turtle, you lazy fucks. Do actual jujitsu. All right. Talk to you next time, guys. See you guys. Thanks. Thanks.